The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is the most burning questions episode where we cover the things you might want to know, you really need to know for 2024. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. What's up, gang? Normally when I have burning questions, it's at the doctor, so hopefully... Uh... You know, gladly it's with you guys. All right, Greg Duchamp is here. Good luck following that. Uh, Yeah, I can't follow that, uh, but I am happy to be here because this is quite a year. Uh, I mean, you could write a book about it. What a year. What a year. There are a lot of questions that come out of this year, so I'm excited to see what you guys have in mind. I know my questions are burning me up, and I tried to keep it away from just what the burning questions I've had in the last 48 hours or so. Um, but there's maybe a little bit of that in there too. Uh, Kyle Porter is here. KP. What is it? P- PGA uh, lives on fire. PGA tour is terrified. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was going to make a joke that I'm just here to talk about John Rom after we talked about not talking about it uh, off, off air. But my daughter who's four, she sings, uh, she saw the Europe, the video of the European team. Mm-hmm. And so at dinner every night, she sings uh, USA is terrified Europe's on fire, which is just, <laughs> you know, hellacious for those of us who root for the US team in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> so good. Every every night, a little a little needle. Well, this is the burning questions. Now, what we have done is we have each individually brought a couple of topics. We have not uh, conspired. We've not chatted. There is no outline. As There's, far as you know, Rick. <laughs> that's true. There is no brief. And we are just going to see where the conversation takes us, where the world takes us. And Greg, kind of, uh, I think you you almost volunteered to go first. What? What? Where do you want to start us here? <laughs> I'll volunteer you. All right. Well, based on that, I will go to the question that was my third question. So I'm going to go backwards. Okay. Um, 
it, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of uh, noise. There's also a lot of silence going on in the world of golf. And the burning question for me right now with news that is expected to come out uh, in the next this week, in the next couple of days, the burning question is how does the PGA tour and PIF or live or how, whatever you want to, however you want to define it. How does this story end? Where does, where does this go? Is, is there somebody coming along who's going to save the PGA tour? Is the business of professional golf, it, it, can can you invest in that business in a realistic way and expect to get your money back? Because you have one side right now that has no, you know, the fi- the financial investment is it seems like nothing, uh, and and you have another side that's a, a real business trying to compete. Then is that something that's possible? It's very similar to one of my questions. Mine was more framed as uh, how can the PGA and live kind of coexist. And maybe the answer is Patrick, they can't maybe there, maybe the end game that Greg alludes to is there is a, a, a real winner here and there is a real loser here, but there's a lot of different paths. This could go down real quick. Greg, how did you phrase your question? How does the PGA tour and PIF story end? How does it end? Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Patrick. Sorry. Um, am I, I'm answering. How does it end? Wow. Okay. Um, way to way, way to start with a softball. Yeah, let's get warmed up here. All right. I'm gonna. There's no wrong answers here. I'm gonna assume this. This is how I think it's gonna go down. Maybe it won't end, but this next year, I think Yasser is gonna become the CEO of the Enterprise Starship. I think he's gonna somehow finagle his way to negotiate to become the CEO push Monahan out of that position because that was his original position in the framework agreement. And while it might be under the PGA tour, Yasser is going to have control. There's going to be some intertwined between live golf and the PGA tour with team events and whatnot. I think it's not a coincidence that they scheduled four events across from four signature events this year when they've typically tried to avoid them. Uh, You know, I'm kind of reading probably too much into that, but I think there's something there. Um, so it ends with Yasser ruling the kingdom. He himself. You like that, that? I mean, like that ending KP, is that, is that a, uh, happily ever after? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think there's been so much talk about the sort of moral implications here. And I mean, Yasser's the chairman of what is it? Newcastle. And I don't know that the, I, I mean, <clears throat> has that negatively affected Newcastle's business or performance. I, I don't follow the Premier League. So either do neither do I. Uh do you think that do you think that Saudi Arabia is uh viewed differently globally than they are here in the United States? As a country? As a like well, you're talking about the moral, like, has this changed anything for Newcastle fans? Oh. Uh, right. Like I think a lot of, obviously there are global human rights concerns that have been aired for the last couple of, of years in this golf conversation. But I, I have always thought that Americans view, uh, the involvement of Saudi Arabia differently than other countries do. Right or wrong. I, I think it's even, I agree. I think it's even more specific than that though, Rick, because I think you look at the sort of, uh, demographic of golf fan 
and it's a pretty like upper like I, I don't know if elite is the right word but it's it's a it's a it's a very rich demographic that cares about things like global politics more than say the average NFL football fan right like I don't I don't think that's like a uh I don't think I'm like going out on a limb there to say that and so I do think it's kind of a unique situation to golf I I think to answer Greg's question though the one problem that I see, I was thinking about this today, actually, before we came on, all these guys talk about like, oh, I want to be paid like Mahomes. I want to be paid like Steph. And it's like, dude, the the pool of money that you're playing in is not is not the pool of money that they're playing in, right? Like that, that's, that's been one thing that I feel like people have said it, but it's, it, it can't be said enough because it's it, we're, we're already at an unsustainable pace and how do you put that toothpaste back in the tube i don't know if you can and rick i think the end result of that is they're going to have to create some kind of value outside of what like the revenue that already exists and i almost feel like now you're and this is i'm just shooting from the hip here i almost feel like you have to create teams just to create the value and the revenue that you need to keep up with what these players are demanding. Right. So because if someone, if someone came along and said, Hey, I want to, I want to buy, I want to own the cliques and I'll give you $25 million. That would be laughable. It's not nearly enough. They've spent, they've spent billion, but at the same time, they're worth nothing. Right. Like it is it's such a bizarre and twenty five million dollars would be, you know, there, there's not a lot of companies or sponsors to go out there or people to go out there. They're going to give you twenty five million dollars for a team or an event or whatever that might be. So while they're worth nothing, it has to be an outrageous amount. So uh, the team thing. So this is what I think the rosiest in our current, you know, it is December 5th. The, the, the current rosiest end game, Greg, I think looks like. Uh, Yasser and Jay come to a some type of agreement where Liv is the team golf, global team golf entity. The PGA Tour is your individual stroke play entity. There is some type of agreement where OWGR points exist. Guys that are on Live play eight team events a year and 10 stroke play events a year, plus four major. Like, there, there that idea of being able to coexist, I think is the rosiest outcome outside of, uh, live is the only thing that is going to exist because they're playing a different game than everybody else. Right. And they are playing a different game than everybody else. Right. Picture what you said earlier about the value about putting the cliques into the shark tank for a bunch of investors saying, well, what's the, what's the valuation? Oh, okay. No, so nobody watches your event. Why is it? Why is it worth this valuation? You know, it's a hard sell. Well, we have the we have some of the best players in the world, but what what's the value of that? It's a Greg. It's a ten, it's one tenth the size of the NBA in terms of revenue. The PGA Tour. The tour. The PGA yeah. Tour. Right. So it, it and yet you have. You do have players getting near Mahomes' money now. If the ROM rumors are true, you're talking about maybe more than what Patrick Mahomes gets paid 
for John Rom. So it, it's a, a very good point in putting the toothpaste back in the in the bottle. How does that happen? And then the players, if there is this rosy outcome, Rick, that you mentioned, would live or piff pay players to join these teams like to really make would, would Rory get paid or does he miss out on this payday you know because now all of a sudden there there's a coexistence and part of the agreement probably requires crossover between players which I think is very complicated so I don't like where I don't like where this is going and I don't like what the rosy outcome is either <laughs> Well, it's, I think complicated is not good for your business model, right? Think about the things that are already too complicated in golf, whether it's the FedEx Cup or even how fields are constructed at some of these events. It doesn't, you know, the thing that we never talk about, well, we talk about it, but that never really gets talked about is, does any of this benefit the fan? You know, the fan of like professional golf and the answer pretty much every step has been a resounding no, you know, other than major championship golf. And so I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think the other thing, Rick, and I know we've got 11 more questions to move on to, but the, the other thing is like, maybe they, do they need the PIF money that is kind of irrational money just to satiate some of the desires that these guys have at the current moment? So like, I guess what I'm saying is you have an irrational actor and then you have all these presumably rational actors like Finway or who Endeavor or whoever, do they have to go with the PIF because uh, it's sort of this irrational money that will at least placate some of the guys that are going crazy right now? It feels very short-sighted. Right? For sure. Because all of it does. Because that implies assuming this money cannot exist forever, right? I don't think you can dump two or $3 billion into golf every year for the rest of, for the rest of eternity. There will be a generation of golfers that regress back to real market value. So, so there's going to be a turning point in which new golfers are saying, yeah, well, these guys got paid hundreds of millions of dollars and we're back down to one and a half or 2 million or whatever that, whatever $9 million purses, not yet. $9 million purses, $10 million purses. There's, I don't know if there are examples of that, right? Every, every contract in the NFL, every quarterback that signs, it's the new highest deal in NFL history, right? That that's kind of the progression of how this works. I, I don't know how you, how you do this without just a complete bubble bursting and everything going to zero. The underlying thing here that we haven't, we definitely haven't talked about and that nobody's really talked about a ton is this. I've always called it kind of the slack in the line after tiger has, has um, obviously still playing, but he's at the end of his career. And I think that so many of these guys think like, Oh, well the, tr the, the PJ tour is growing and there's more people watching all this stuff. I think a lot of those people and a lot of the growth was just like this outlier thing during the tiger era. And so this, you know, up into the right line is not a real line. It's just a, it's just a tiger line. We talk, I, I'm so convinced. I was thinking about this today. Does Rom move the needle? I don't think so. Does, does anybody move the needle besides tiger? I kind of don't think so. 
And and so like if that's true, you were already going to experience you you were already going to experience some sort of regression from that money, you know, normalized for uh for inflation and all that stuff, but you were already going to experience some of that in the post tiger era. And now you've just got all this stuff complicating it. And I think there's going to be a bill due on that someday, Rick, that somebody in, you know, 20 years is going to have to pay. Patrick, burn us in another way, please. What other question? What, what's our next, what's our next topic? Um, that's a good one. Uh, that's a great question that you have for me currently. Um, that's the, that's the question. Have, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't really do a ton of homework today, um, but. Let's let's keep it on the lighter side. Which player are you most intrigued about in 2024? Oof. The first name that jumped to mind is Ludwig. Yeah, me too. Me too. If really? it might just be prisoner of the moment, but it's a very small sample size. But what he did in that sample size was incredible. And I'm interested to see... Greg, if he can take his 51 rounds of greatness and do it in 151 rounds. Uh, you're talking about since the 3M open, his worst finish is tied 14th. If you look on rickrungood.com, it is dark green <laughs> off the tee at dark green approaching the green. And the putt is really good too. And so is the short game. This is like robot golf. And for a rookie to come out and do this, uh, including a win on both the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, it's it's remarkable stuff. And if there's a another movement of players heading to live, sorry to bring it up again, but you have some other top players leaving, does it open another uh, you know a window for a, a historic type of season? And it, it doesn't seem like this is a big deal for him, which is kind of the crazy thing uh, and why it popped into my head so early. It seemed like this was kind of ho-hum. So I'm excited to see what he can do in designated events against all the big boys. Yeah. A couple of guys, KP, that are trying to return from either bad form or injury like Will Zalatoris, Justin Thomas came to mind. I also think of Minwoo Lee, who's been playing better. Is there somebody else who you're just excited to see, to, to follow for the next 12 months. Yeah. I mean, I always go to younger guys with this question. So two, two names, I guess three names that come to mind and we got more of one of them in, in 2023 than the other two Gordon Sargent, obviously he's going to be probably, I think in his last year at Vanderbilt, we'll have his tour card whenever he decides to turn pro. And then Alex Fitzpatrick, who, I was just watching at the Australian Open last week. Uh, he's had, I think, more success than maybe people thought. He's like top 200 on data golf. And then the last one is somebody that was on the Corn Ferry and was kind of like fringy Ryder Cup talk. And uh, I can't pronounce his name, but Adrian Dumont de Chasse, Ch Ch Chassier, ADDC is what we're calling him. Did you put him in the Ryder Cup fringe talk? Probably. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, I, I think I did. So those those three are among kind of the non uh, like injured or whatever uh, established stars are, are are three that I'm very intrigued by. 
Yeah, Patrick, I'll loop this back to you because this kind of ties into one of the questions in the comments from Curry Stew. It says, can you talk about new rookies who are now on tour? And and we talked about Gordon Sargent, who when he when he turns pro is going to be in that Ludwig category. And there's a couple of other interesting guys coming up from the corn fairy. Like, what about, like, I'm excited to see Alexander Toasty, who might just burn the whole thing down. Good, bad, or indifferent. Who knows? He, yes, might, be, he might He might be our new Patrick Reed. I have no idea. Excited about him. Who did you have in mind, Patrick? Uh, you just mentioned him, Patrick mm. Reed. You know, five-year exemption from the 2019 Masters is coming up. What's happening with the OWGR? Who knows in that case? And then Bryson DeChambeau is another name I had. Uh, you think about him getting healthy, kind of reinventing himself again. He's shelling uh, markers on the, you know, like green, you know, little coins yes. that you put behind your ball to mark your golf ball. He's shelling them on Instagram and TikTok for a hundred bucks. Uh, I'm interested. Wait, who's see- doing that? Bryson. Does he need money? Does he need money? It's like a little coin that has lines on it. So you can line up your golf ball with your marker. He, You're going yes. for a hundred bucks. It is it is a piece of like CNC milled. It's mm-hmm. a ball marker, and it's got like different lines of different amounts of of break. But I remember like the day after, maybe it wasn't the day after, the week after signing his you know reportedly one hundred million dollar lift contract, he was posing with energy drinks and Grinding. like does he need does he Grinding. need <laughs> Gruden's grinder man? He's top I've, of the list. I've watched more Bryson YouTube content than I have live of his him on live. He's legitimately a, like a good YouTuber. He's it's fun. It's yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think he will threaten for a major championship again this year, like he did at Oak Hill. Bring so it. He on. was on my list as well. Uh, DJ, I, I feel like he kind of just like faded into the noise towards the end of the year. He, he was one of the guys who shot like 84 at the open. I don't really know where his care level is at. And then uh, if we're trying to get young, I'm going to go with a lefty. Joe Highsmith out of Pepperdine. He was on that national championship team. He will be having his card this year. Love his swing. Love his bucket action. Hat, I think right? he's a bucket hat guy. Absolutely. I think uh, he could be a surprise rookie of the year candidate. Mm. Pearson Cody. I, I also, I, I'm going to need to see um, Max Homa at majors. Yes. Max Homa specifically at majors has my full attention. He's done. He's done everything else. He's taken the, you know, necessary steps of getting better week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. It's time for majors. I think Max might win the players. That'd be pretty cool. Just calling that shot right now, December fifth. I think Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas is going to win the Masters. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I've been I don't down know that can, road. Many I don't know if I can get on board Rick. with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Greg. I oof, that's I don't know. I, I hope he does. Like four out of the last six years, I went down that path. Hey, Justin he, Thomas. He was he was in contention four of those, or at least in it. Yeah, hole number thirteen. Yeah, maybe it helps him though. This just is only hit, the just, second you hit driver now. Just hit a straight ball. Just hit it straight. Yeah. Uh, hit, hit driver out there we'll, could help we'll hit a break here but josh in the chat reminds us norman jong has his uh mm, yeah you, know, you know what they say about form versus class right he's got the uh he's got the haskins award has not been good as a professional has the tour card i would love to see a norm 
breakout year. He's a he's a flusher. Sweet he, swing. He hits it so good. He's only twenty four. Yeah. That's that's Ludwig's age. Yeah, that's one thing we freak out about Ludwig, and it's like he's he's like like him Old and Hotland are not that far apart in terms of age. Old man Ludwig. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was looking at Akshay the other day. He's twenty one. Yeah, he's that's been, been a professional forever. That's different. Like that's a different <laughs> level. <laughs> All right, we are going to continue this conversation. We're going to have uh, a question from maybe KP on the other side. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and we're back okay kp one of the things that i uh love so much about you and i think it's why you're so good at what you do is you're very good at asking questions you get mm. you get the most out of people so now i will put you on the spot and ask you for a burning question, please. Okay. I think you'll like the first one because it's literally a burning question. I said, how much propane does Minwoo have in the tank? Unlimited. Let Minwoo cook. How much propane is in there? That's what I want to see. That's my big question. That's one of my big questions for 2024 is what is, what is in other words, what is Minwoo's ceiling? Like he, he, he has the charisma there is. Uh, oh, I just learned about this. Uh, <laughs> word of the year, right? Word, word of the year. And you had a chance to is use it the word of the year. Yeah. 
It's the word of the year. It just beat out Swifties. Yes, my wife told me this. And she, then she had to explain to me what it was. She didn't know either. She just learned it. But she acted as if she knew. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went through this whole list of people who she was like, does this person have Riz? Anyway, <laughs> Minwoo, just buckets of Riz. Yes. Riz God. Riz King, yes. And he he could be a real... I mean... You, you got to do something with it, right? You got to win a major. You got to do something to, but, but he could, he could be like a really likable, like superstar. I don't know if he will, but he, he hits it great. He does the most important thing. Well, which is he drives it really well. And I guess that's maybe not the most important thing, but it's, it's up there. And uh, yeah, I just, I want to know how much propane men was cooking with in 2024. I mean, I'll I'll hold my thoughts, Patrick, because I'm, I'm I think he's got a flamethrower. Where where are you? <laughs> it's hard not to draw the comparison to uh, Anthony Kim. Don't. It's hard not to. I, I you think he has the low nine score at Augusta National? Minwoo Lee does. Uh, he's going to be on the Presidents Cup. Does team. he? Yeah, he has the front nine low record. I think Anthony Kim might have the back nine. There you go. Wow. There you go. You, you, you can look that up, Rick. I, I, Anthony Kim made 11 birdies in a round one time at Augusta. I think Minwoo shot 30 on the front one year. Um, Mark Kalkovecchia shot a 29 on the back. Hold on. Okay. That... Keep, keep, keep chatting. I'll see what else I can find here. And then you have him in Montreal, which is going to be rowdy as can be. And he's just going to be thriving up there in Canada against, I mean, he's going to be this year's Tom Kim probably in that setting, just bringing all the energy, but with Oakley shades, mock turtlenecks and a mullet. And so I think it's really hard not to draw a comparison to Anthony Kim, hopefully for a longer period of time. And he rips, he rips the ball and his short game and putting are awesome, which is really cool. Like it's, he is kind of the classic driver wedge putter. Be good with, be good with five clubs, hit the driver long, uh, be good around the greens and make some putts. And Minwoo does all of that, and the Riz is plentiful. <laughs> it you is. Know, so that is a it, that's a big deal as far as likability is concerned. The game is obviously quite good. It's got to get a little more consistent. But maybe not to become a star, right? A couple of getting in the mix at the at the majors, you know, in the mix at the players again. Stories like that go a long way. Um, as long as you can sprinkle in contention throughout the year, he'll it, stay on the top of minds and it, it definitely be a fan favorite. I'm on masters.com. And uh, they break this down a lot of different ways. They break it down for amateurs for first time players but the lowest first nine 30 has been accomplished seven times uh johnny miller was the first to do it minwoo lee did it in the fourth round in 2022 i hate to say this there's a typo on masters.com and i could just be shot on into the face of the sun for bringing this up no they they have they i've i've found some on there says min woodley yeah, hate to see it. Mm, someone's getting fired. Are you sure it's the right guy? Hopefully it's not. Yeah, true. Honestly, 
It could just be Minwood. I don't know. But I'm going to assume it's Minwoo. Lowest second nine, 29. That has happened twice. Mark Kalkovecchia did it in 92. David Toms in 98, both in the final round. David. Okay, so I was I was uh, incorrect here. Second round, 2009, Anthony Kim. He made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven birdies, but he did it kind of equally on the front and back. So he shot 32 on the front, 33 on the back. So I think he holds the birdie record in a round, but not the bad nine record. I think that's correct. Eleven's a big number. <laughs> it's so many. Yeah. <laughs> It's so many birdies. They keep some pretty outrageous records. Like, oh, it's most, you could get lost. So wait, he on made that. he made two par. He made two pars. He shot sixty-five. Uh, shot seven under with eleven birdies. So he made four. He, you know, I guess he would have made what three pars. What year was it? Yeah, three pars. Two uh, tw- thousand nine. He made more birdies and bogeys than he did pars, and shot sixty-five. That's hard to do. Yeah, it was it was, <laughs> it was nuts. Mm, I was trying to find it. Um, they have most contrasting starts. So Craig Wood in 1936 opened 88-67. Whoo, that's a 20, that's a 21-shot difference. Mike Donald, 64-82. Sandy Lyle, 69-86. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Um, let us go through. There was a couple of questions in the chat. Uh, we've hit on a couple of these in some form or fashion. Let's go with Nat here, Greg. What does the season look like for Jordan Spieth? Oh, I, you know what? I feel a little more optimistic after the Hero World Challenge. So what was going on last year with the wrist injury? Jordan, over the last couple of years, has shown these little uh, sparks where he'll get into contention regularly for a period of time, and then he just kind of disappears um, and and goes away. But I'm hoping that last year's struggle did have something to do with a little bit of a wrist injury because his his iron play just kind of it it disappeared in the playoffs, and it was kind of slow after the RBC heritage and aside from the heritage and, and, um, and the masters, his contention, his time and contention was very limited. So uh, I, I do expect to see some of the typical things we've seen from Jordan uh, contention periodically. But what I'm really curious about is, can we see a sustained run like two years ago when he first got back on the comeback trail at the, Waste Management Phoenix Open and had like nine top tens in a row. You know, can can we see something like that? Uh, and I hope we can because getting Jordan Spieth in contention regularly, especially around the majors, is so much fun. Uh, and it's it draws a lot of attention to the game. He he really is one of the needle movers. So my expectation is that things get a lot better for Jordan. Yeah. I- I just I don't know what he is, Rick. You know, we 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 go back to 2015, 16, 17, and and he was kind of a we talk about the two plus strokes gain per round guys, right? Like those are the that's that's rare. There's only five or six guys a year. It's kind of your top top five, six, seven players in the world. I think this year it was like Rom, Rory, uh, Scheffler, Cantlay, Xander, Hovland. It were the were the six. 
Um, that's where Spieth used to live. And I just don't know if that's feasible anymore. Like, I, I don't know if, like, I, I don't know if that guy is, is, is there. That doesn't mean he's not going to win. It doesn't mean he's not going to win majors, but the, the, the consistency with which he was contending at, at majors and at events, I don't know that that's ever, it reminds me a little bit of the Jason Day thing, yeah. right? Jason Day was the best, put, best putter in the world for like three or four years and then he wasn't and he became like he's good but he's not two plus strokes gain per round good spieth was 1.3 this year that's really good is this what's his ceiling can he get above that two two plus again i i just don't know that that's coming for him the thing for me patrick is kind of what kyle alludes to there is doesn't mean he's not going to win. Doesn't mean he's not going to win a major championship, but he just is not giving himself enough bites at the apple, right? He's not giving himself. There was a time where he was in contention constantly. Now when he gets in, in contention, watch out, but he's not doing it enough uh, regularly enough for me to be super optimistic about it. There's a couple things here. One from the people KP listed, two of them didn't even win this year with Xander and Cantley, which is insane to me uh and, and it's kind of on brand it, it, a little bit uh we talk about like spieth kind of has built-in opportunities at two of the major championships every single year yeah with augusta in the open and he was sort of ish there not really this year alongside phil the final round at augusta national which was i mean maybe the pairing of the year um <laughs> and i i really do think the wrist injury like greg said at the wells fargo championship it was also a back injury too which didn't get as much press uh really threw him off because you saw that spring there he was in contention at the arnold palmer he was in contention at the valspar championship before a water ball late uh lost in a playoff at the heritage so i i think it's a good season for jordan spieth is a win and maybe one of these signature events. I, I mean, I don't know which one's harder now, a real event with 156 players or a signature with 80, uh, and then a legitimate run at a major championship, which will either come at Troon or Augusta national, most likely. Mm. Uh, before we move on, I have the Anthony Kim scorecard, Josh, if you want to share my screen. So this is 2009 round two. The 113065 <laughs> went as follows. Speaking of speed, birdie par on the par five second, birdie bogey, birdie birdie, birdie birdie, bogey, double on 10, par on 11, rattles off four birdies at 12, 13, 14, and 15 before making pars on 16 and 17 and closing with a birdie on 18. That is four <laughs> pars on the scorecard. 11 birdies at a 65 <laughs> wow the double on 10 double messed everything up yikes yeah could have been a could have tied the course record oh man that's a card that is that is a card is that was that the on hill cabrera year or yeah. you're right yeah with kenny and yeah yeah kenny perry chad campbell yeah, we what had, a, we had both what a, dude what a weird yeah we did what a weird uh leaderboard john merrick steve Forrest. Forrest. There's, there's your boy greg yeah greg that's there he is Haunted. steve stricker sean o'hare yep. that's yep. wild Trevor that is something wild. else is see that, i thought that was the year he made the Ryder cup team <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
that 2009 Ryder Cup. Who could forget <laughs> it? <laughs> um, all right, I've got I've got uh, one other question, but let me let me open it up a little bit. Does anybody have a really good one that we need to touch on? Greg had a list of three, and you know, we only hit number three. I've yeah, got, I've got I a got one. More. But go uh, ahead, Greg. No, you go, Greg. We'll go back and forth. All right. Well, these two names were just mentioned, and it led me in Xander and Cantlay. It led me to a question that I don't necessarily like talking about, um, but it's should Ryder Cup players get paid? Mm-hmm. Should they? Now, I'll give you a little background on why I come up with this. Because I don't want them to get paid, but I have a hard time finding reasons why. And this year, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And the reasons why they shouldn't get paid are they have a lot to do with uh, the romantic idea of the Ryder Cup. Mm -hmm. And there's not really very much backing to it. But... I, I like what it stands for. And I think those romantic aspects are somewhat important. So, you know, what's the right thing to do? Should they get paid or not? Okay. I have an answer. I'll hold it. Uh, what do you think, Patrick? <laughs> Patrick loves that one. Patrick didn't come enough with enough questions. So Rick's making him give all the answers. <laughs> Exactly. Hey Patrick, do you have any questions that he admits to not doing his homework? What am I supposed to do? Uh should Ryder Cup members get paid? I believe they should, just given the amount of revenue they bring into that event. Pay them. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I'm a little less romantic, I think. I'm I'm normally on that side of things with say college sports or whatever. I, I think it's I I I I I think I'm aligned with Greg in that I I I I love the idea of like the 1920s college football you know student athlete type thing. This is kind of in that same vein. I think listen, like off season, quietly cut a deal, give them part of the pool. Do a do, don't don't make like it became such a big thing during the event, and I think that was where a lot of the sort of ickiness came from or like the feeling that everybody had i think one thing rick that's difficult is this is not a problem on the on the pj of america side it is a problem on the european tour side right because a lot of that money all of that money they use to operate their tour i mean if you look at i mean all of that has certainly changed over the last year of doing deals with the the pga tour and everything that's gone on but um they they rely on that money, and I don't. I, I I honestly think like the European players wouldn't wouldn't not they they would be more reticent to receive that money than the Americans would. I guess is how I would say it. Okay, right. So there's a lot of, lot of different layers here. I think I, I'm at the core. Everyone is getting their pockets lined except for the product, except for the players, which is insane to me. So pay them. I felt the same way about NCAA athletes for the last couple of decades. Like they are the product. Everybody's making money. Why shouldn't they? The idea of how much and what to do with it. um, I just like it. Like if you just gave everybody $500,000 and a million each, if you win, who could who and now now these players have to come out and complain that that's not enough money 
which is like, which <laughs> right. would be an insane take, right? Imagine, I mean, it was like when Colin Morikawa said he was upset that Steven, the rules official made him wait five minutes. Could you imagine if he came out and said 500K, that's it for a couple of days of work? Are you joking me? All expenses paid? So so good luck complaining about that. So I'm, I'm okay with like flat fee, uh, double it if you win. And here's the other thing, KP, you know what you could do? Donate it back. Right. If you're Rory McElroy and you have your million dollars, yeah, you could just give it back and say, Hey, yeah. this is for the betterment of the tour. I don't need a million bucks. Hero. Ray, you do that, you're a hero. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I that would be a that would be a, that would be a difficult thing for anybody to do, no matter how much money you have. Um, I think the other interesting piece that you know, like should the question it raised for me, honestly, was like, should these guys be making more of the major cut, right? Where I don't know how much the the Augusta National makes in a given week for the Masters, but it's it's a lot. And the purse is, what was it this year? 18, 15, 17? I don't know, something like that. It's like, that's... Phil and I had a back and forth on Twitter about this. And I said, listen, dude, I'm on, I'm like... I agree with you. Like I, I'm sort of on your side here. Now it gets weird because we're talking about, and this is the part that people don't understand. You've got so many different organizations, Greg, doing a lot of different things. PJ of America doesn't necessarily, you just use that money to, you know, fatten the wallets of their executives. They're, they're, they have initiatives that uh, they need to fund. They get more people into the game. There's, there's a lot of like layers to it that people don't really think about or understand. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Rick. I I think that it's fine if guys get paid at least a portion. I think Josh uh, suggest suggested a, a percentage of the revenue that's that's generated. That would be a very fair thing. You get the honor. You're not left out. Um, the game still hopefully wins to some degree. But those are numbers. I mean, I don't know where where it all goes as a as a pga member but i know it it's significant so i definitely see both sides of it i just uh, what the right thing to do is is a tough one to answer for me we'll continue this conversation with more burning questions after a quick word from our partners passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back. That reminds me, Kyle, did you see the promo clip from Oak Hill? The promo clip from Oak Hill? You know how they had those cameras following us around at Oak Hill? No. You haven't seen this? No. I don't, I'll, I don't think we can show it, but I'll send it to you. So okay. the first clip where, so we got, we got followed around with like, what were they like? 8k cameras. It looked like you Kyle too, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, was, it was, yeah, and exactly. Like, That's what, what's the guy like hunched over his laptop, just zipping an article out. <laughs> yeah, That's uh, the right reaction, screen, Patrick. He was screen grabbing, a, uh, something. That, like, <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they, I guess what they do is they, they cut, a promo and they're going to, they used to like sell, Oh, Hey, so-and-so company. Do you want to sponsor us on site at some event? And like, I saw the first cut. Oh, the first cut of it. And it's, uh, it's pretty sick. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I, I, uh, that's, that's amazing. We had to like, walk. we had to walk to like along the range. Like we were, I don't know. It was, there was a lot going on. Um, yeah. Fire away with your next question. Yeah. I've got two more. One is which, major championship Brooks Kepka are we getting? And the reason, the reason I say that is because as you know, Rick, I'm, I'm obsessed with sort of the historical nature of all this stuff. And I, I almost feel like we underplayed the fact that Brooks won his, his fifth this year. Five is, is astronomical. Like, is there anybody on the tour right now other than, uh, is there anybody on the tour right now that's going to win five? I'd, I'd probably put my money on no. M- maybe Rory? I mean, he, he just needs one, he needs one more. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're now, we're now 34 cracks into this. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. not. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. And and I think what, what was really interesting about Brooks over the last two years he was awesome at Augusta, and obviously he won Oak Hill. He wasn't good at the last two two majors of the year. I, I don't have his finishes in front of me, but they weren't good. And then you look back at 2022, and he was it was awful. He didn't have any top 50s. And I just I'm curious as he progresses in his career, um, are we getting what are we what are, what are we getting from him? I I want more history. I want him to get to seven. I want him to tie Arnold Palmer. And I think that that's realistic based on what he's been doing what he's done what he's accomplished uh but i'm i'm curious about what major champion which major championship brooks shows up because for a while there it was all like he was an auto top 10 and now it's 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 a there's a lot more variance in kind of what his performances are at these majors 17th and 64th in the final two majors of the year greg do you think he has that wanamaker rattling around in the back of his car (laughs) That one might be too big to fit in the back seat of the car. <laughs> that was a good um, throwback, wasn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, that was a real. I didn't expect that. Um, that was when he had the U.S. Open trophy, like in 2017. And Greg, Greg was parking his car for him. Yeah, he lost his keys um, and said, keep it up front, kid. Do Do you want to like <laughs> to do something with that? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, is this an open container or what's going on back here? <laughs> uh, but the thing, I, I have a couple questions with Brooks. One, we think about LACC. Is that a issue with the golf course and the setup of the golf course? I think that's a, you know, it didn't, it didn't fit his eye. He didn't seem to like it going in. Is yeah. that because he won the major before? Uh, so that's a factor to me. The Open Championship, he has a surprisingly good record at. Um, it, it's quite good. Yeah, so, really good. You know, Liverpool could work. Pinehurst could work. But it does feel like next year the golf course setups are... Valhalla seems perfect. And Augusta has obviously been a great spot for him, too. So I, I, does motivate, do you guys think motivation plays a role for him when it comes to, well, he won the PGA and kind of took care of business for the year? Because that could be a factor in, I don't really like LACC. And by the way, I'm, I'm sad. I'm quenched for the year after winning the PGA. That's interesting. I, I think even he would say the hangover lasted longer than he intended. Literal, just figurative, both. Uh, I, I I think just based on how much the PJ meant to him in that win, uh, like I mean, he was wasn't even good on live golf the back half of the season. So I think in 2024 he's gonna put this year behind him, and I, I think he has a legitimate shot at the Masters based on how he played this year. I mean, he was he had a four stroke lead with 27 to play. Stuff like that. Um, I mean, the the Grand Slam with him is a real conversation, right? Because yeah. he's he he nearly won the Masters this year. Uh, like you said, he's been awesome at Opens, and then all of a sudden, okay, you've won seven and the Slam. What do I do with that? Like, are you one of the twelve best players ever? And it's so bizarre because he just wins majors. It's right. crazy. <laughs> Right, he's got like eleven. He's got yeah. eleven professional wins, and eight of them are majors. <laughs> and one at the Crooked Cat. Uh, it, it's smaller. one thing if you have you know two majors and they're both U.S. Opens, right? Two wins and, and they're both U.S. Opens and in North. North, exactly. Like there, perhaps for some players, there's been a very clear style that works, but when you start getting up to five six, seven majors. The players who have that number, they, they did it in either, you know, when St. Andrews was first designed or, or they have 20 plus wins on the PGA tour. You had to, had to get that in, didn't you? Hey, I just wanted to see Patrick laugh. Hey, here's, <laughs> here's all the guys, Greg, that have won five or more since world war two. So five, five plus majors. Jack, 18. Tiger, 15. Uh, Hogan and Player, 9. Watson, 8. Sneed and Palmer, 7. Trevino, Faldo, and Phil, 6. Peter Thompson, Seve, and Brooks Kepka, 5. That's it. All right, so Peter Thompson and uh, and Faldo 
well, as far as PGA Tour wins are concerned, are are a little on the low side. Like they were right. major heavy and Seve, Seve too. But they won a lot on the European Tour. Yeah, it is different different era. But I mean, you could be looking at okay, Jack is going to be first, Tiger second, then Hogan and Player with nine, and then Watson. Brooks could join Snead and Palmer at seven. Yeah, Brooks Kessel in this, in this era. day and age, right? I mean, so that's it's very possible. He's 34, Rick. 30, I think him and Rory are the Rory. same age. I think you're right. 33. Uh, he 33. is 33. I mean, that's a that, barring injury, right? Which is always a, a thing with him. That's a that's a lot of runway. And so I'm I'm just curious about, uh, yeah, what what we get off the top from him in 2024. I think as uh, US Open would have been a lot better if the Panthers didn't make such a deep run in the NHL playoffs. He was for sure engaged. Contributed I, to the hangover. He I have breaking news. Breaking news. The Cleveland Guardians have won the MLB draft lottery. They will have the number one overall selection. Okay, don't do that. Yeah. It came across breaking news on the Greg. Let's see a doctor. <laughs> you got another, you got another one, Greg? Yeah, I got okay, another Greg. one. Uh, this has to. This is my final question, which was my first question. You can see it's a little less spicy. What does or will Rory McIlroy ever win a Masters? What does hmm. he? What does he have to do? Okay, I, I'm going to throw my question in here because it's similar, and that is, can Rory maintain the clip that he's playing at? Because he's been. Uh, last year was his best statistical year ever. Mm-hmm. And this year was in the top four. He's playing at a, especially at majors. He's really increased his ex- expected wins at majors over the last two years in a way that he just didn't from age 26 to 32, which I think is, that's disappointing that he didn't do that. I wrote about that in normal sport three, but he has been really, really good at majors over the last two years. So throw that in with, uh, or t- tag it on to, to Greg's question. Yes. Yes. He can continue this clip. And what does he need to win the masters? Maybe a lobotomy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, um, is it a slow start? Is it a, does he have to get out to a big lead early? Uh, is he chasing like he almost did two years ago? Uh, does Rory ever get lucky? Like has like, <sighs> Some guys been and just falls into their lap, and that just he hasn't he hasn't been in a lot that he that he didn't win. Yeah, like he like his well, three US closest Open this year. His three closest calls were U.S. Open this year, uh, St. Andrews last year, Crooked St. Andrews, and uh, the 2018 Masters that Patrick Reed won. Yes, that one he got out. He kind of ejected early. Mm-hmm. In 2018, he missed a four footer on two and was done. Yep. Um, St. Andrews, maybe it was the golf course, uh, but there was a there was a lot that he could have done a little bit differently there. I, I think he predicted the wrong number, so he didn't play as aggressively as he could have. Um. And the U.S. Open last year is just so close. But this is the thing. You have to keep putting yourself in the mix. So your strategy plays out right or you make a better decision or 
something like that. But it, the Masters is just different than all those events. It's mm-hmm. different for him. And it's so clear. His play around the Masters changes. It, it, he changes a driver, and all of a sudden, there's a blade putter in his back. And he's playing 80 holes before leading into the event. All these things change, which is always a sign of pressure. 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 Oh, Paul. I think I think at the Masters, he needs a first-round date with one Patrick Cantlay and Joe LaCava. <laughs> oh, turn it. It's, like, turn it it's half, half joking, but half serious. Like, get him riled up, not this, like, cool, calm – Oh my goodness! I I just played eighty holes of practice these past two weeks, and I shot eighty under on all of them. Get him like really pissed off. We saw what I mean. He, he, he's, I don't I don't think it's a coincidence these last two years, Kyle, that they've been his best years on the golf course with everything that's happened off the golf him. course. Well, uh, Paul McGinley did an interview with uh, the Scotsman today, or it came out today. And he had a quote on Rory. He said, Rory's an emotional player. When his heart is engaged, it's when he's at his best. And I think all the stuff off the course the last two years has inflamed that heart of his. We saw that at the Ryder Cup. He had his, uh, he had his best ever Ryder Cup in Italy. And you saw in the car park how much uh, he was bought into it. Saw a lot of things in the car park. I think that's the key with Rory. You get him emotionally invested in something, and that's when he's at his best. Uh, <clears throat> big picture, I agree with that. I think he's maybe too emotionally invested in the masters at times. I suggested to somebody that's in team on like camp Rory that he should, uh, he should pull him a Dyna and try to show up for his tea time as close as possible to the tea time at Augusta, like, like fly up from Florida on Thursday morning or Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Whenever his he, tea time is. What if he mistimes it by five minutes? <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the game we're playing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick's into that. I can see. I, I am. I, I do like that. <laughs> I mean, remember, I remember how awesome the lead up. I mean, I thought I just cannot get over LACC because there was no access there. He went out with Harry early every day in the practice rounds it was so serene he got it, it, he was in it i just cannot believe he didn't win that i cannot believe it i know he played very he played it he put like i think he didn't hit it that great the final round at st andrews i mean he hit it fine i thought he hit it awesome at lacc like i thought he I he was dialed and it's i mean it's got to be like, look at the open. Rom loses to Brian Harmon. You guys just have the week of their lives, and you can't do anything about it. I will say, from <laughs> this year, one of the uh, lasting images I have is Rick behind the first green Sunday at the U.S. Open. Rory had an eagle putt from just just off, you know, a little long. You can see Rick in the background, and it, like, just burns the edge. And Rick, he, he, like, right when it passed the hole, he's just like, <laughs> in the background no cheating rooting was, for rory i was invested <laughs> yeah, that was a it was a long putt too wasn't it yeah i just remember i just remember thinking like i just wanted everything to go right you know what i mean just yeah just go right get off to this hot start just because i just knew something was going to go wrong and i so i was like just start off with things going right yeah, the plug bunk, the plug uh, shot on fourteen was what went wrong. 
Right. Part of what went wrong. Yes. That's what needs to happen for him is that turns in that mistake moment turns into a birdie. One putt goes in instead of burns the edge. Yeah. I was just thinking back to all of those St. Andrews two putts. Right, like that's <laughs> what I was thinking about. Uh, okay, go around One the room. Does, the next. does Rory ever win another major? Rick? Yes. Greg? Yes. Patrick? I, I think he does. If he plays I, this well, I agree. if he plays this well for another couple of years, he's going to be in a lot of them, and then he's going to have, I mean, he's, he's also going to have a lot of, a lot of cracks at it. Presumably. Presumably. Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote this in normal sports three. I've, I've talked about it before, but he's having Phil's career. Like if you look at their numbers through these Rory's played 59 majors, he's won four of them. Phil's first 59, he won three. Their expected win rate or their expected uh, wins at majors through 59 majors was the exact same. They were both expected to win like four and a half. Rory won four, Phil won three. Like he, he, He's tracking almost exact. I mean, they've done it in different, uh, at different, uh, like in different ways, like at different times. But uh, he's tracking exactly for Phil's career, which in this era, Greg, it's crazy. He's going to end up with probably 40 PGA Tour wins. In any era, it's pretty good. You know, it's uh, it's really good in any era. So it, it it's impressive stuff. I, and as part of the crooked golf media, how can we say that he's not going to win another major? He's our boy. <laughs> That's right, Greg. <laughs> we wouldn't be sure. I want to see. I want to see Greg debate him on rollback. Rory on rollback? Yeah. 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 Rory might have some of the same. Uh, uh, I think he'd know, back off. To say about St. Andrews after. <laughs> Anything else we have to talk about? You didn't have any questions. I'm facilitating the conversation. Like, what trivia? Just give no me one question. One uh, question. One of you. mine was uh, I, the way that I phrased it was this: How does the average golf fan perceive the sport? But I also kind of think like, who is the average golf fan? I think that we are often very caught up in what all of this means. Who is the needle? Who is not the needle? Does anybody? care about what's happening right now i'm i'm having three meltdowns a day i wish i wasn't right like who who cares about this stuff does the average golf fan care i don't know no no i i think no but do they do they not care or do they not know both i i think that so dj pihowski of no lineup has this take where he's like i think most of the viewership of the pga tour is just people turning on golf on Sunday because that's what the just, it's a ritual. It's like you watch it cause it's on mm-hmm. or it's on and you barely watch it. Well, it, it's great to hang out too. Right. And see who's, Oh, I mean, my, my parents watch it like that. They put it on on Sunday. I'll get a text from my mom on Sunday all the time. Who did you pick this week? <laughs> Right, just like I get it. I get it. it. My, my dad just tells me who he, he just texts me and says, I picked, I have Keegan this week. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. My dad will do the same thing too. But only a couple times a year, he'll send me a pick on Sunday. 
and he's right all, all the time. It's amazing. <laughs> tell, him, tell him to start sending him to <laughs> us. Yeah. He does it on Sunday. It's cheat. It's half. I mean, it's cheating. Well, but you can still get some odds. Get him still in the, hard. Yeah, you can, you can. Get him in the group chat. <laughs> I'll let you know. Next time I get a whisper, I'll let you know. <laughs> it is an interesting take, Patrick, that like I've never. Okay. Monday night football. Obviously a bad example because that's like the top of the top. But that is appointment viewing. I know what time it starts. I know at five o'clock the pregame is going to start doing its thing. And then at 518 or whatever, it's going to be kick. And it, I'm just not going to miss it. And that is how most, if not all, at like NFL fans consume that product. Very different than the way golf is being consumed. I believe the average golf fan is pretty much what these guys just said. They throw it on on Sunday just because it's habit. Uh, there, there's no real other sports on. And then they really only care, you know, seek it out, so to speak, four times a year. You know, maybe yeah. they throw on live from for Golf Channel or look up on YouTube a golf podcast for them to get them ready with information for the week that the week that's coming up. Uh, and so, like, the live stuff and everything's kind of just like gravy on top. It's like, oh, my God. Brooks Kepka's in live and he he's in the final group with John Rahm at the masters. Wow. And to us, it's like, eh, you know, it doesn't really matter. And to them, I think it's just more, it makes it more like other sports almost with rivalries and you know, cheering for one person versus another. Yeah, I, I, I think though there's a really deep rooted golf fan that really cares about it. Maybe more than they do other sports. I just yeah. think that's a small niche. That's exactly what I was going to say, Greg. I think there is a, I think there's, there's two average fans, Rick. There's the average, like tiny group of people fan where it's like, they're watching the first cut. They're listening to no ain't up. They're involved in the Rick run good one and done like that. That's a, that's a, there is a group of those people and it's really, really small, like smaller than you would than most people would probably think, but they're, they're dialed from week every week, every single week. Right. And then outside of that, there's this bigger group that's still really small compared to other sports, smaller than the NBA, smaller than way smaller than any of these other sports that like Patrick said is tuned into the Ryder cup and the majors, if they're exciting and maybe the players, if speed is involved or whatever. And those are like those two groups are kind of your groups of golf fans. And I can't remember what the original question was, but I think that's how I think about defining them in my head. Garrett in the chat says, I keep up with golf every week. Yeah. You're here on December 5th. You're part of that first group. He's the part. Yeah. He's right. the person I'm talking about. <laughs> One of us. Yeah. You're, you're here, bud. Welcome. We, we love it. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. And I don't know if, I don't know if there is a solution. I don't know if there needs to be a solution. It's just, I just, it's just so different than everything else. What was your, how did you phrase the original question? Um, how does the average golf fan perceive what is happening in the sport was my, was my original question. So all of this stuff that gets me stressed and upset and happy and like, I, I'm not even sure they even know it's happening. I had a friend who I'm pretty close. It's the guy that I coached the flag football team with. <laughs> Uh, he is a golfer, very good. He's probably a two handicap. Um, we're very good friends, talk all the time. He's into golf. I would put him in the second class of golf fan, like the majors and the Ryder cup. He came to me the other day and he's like, I thought, I thought 
what's going on? I thought these entities already merged. Like he, he he'll just see a headline on CBSSports.com, ESPN.com, whatever, and it, that's how he follows the sport, right? And I think there's, I think the average golf fan that you're referencing, Rick, is is him, is that, is yeah. is kind of like consuming it like that. I've gotten so many of those texts. It's like, is Rom going? I thought, why does that even matter? Like yeah. they're joining forces. Yeah, so many. It is interesting if you go to like a family or friends get together. Yeah. Everybody talks to me about it, but at the same time, like it's all I talk about when I go to these places. But <laughs> they're asking questions because they know enough for their curiosity to be piqued. Yeah, they don't. You know, they're not reading all the articles like we are. And why would they? Yeah, it's the 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 dangerous question of. So what's going on with Liv? I'm like, buddy. <laughs> How much I I got this question on Sunday. I was like, how much time do you have? Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's go sit down. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bit. We'll start, we'll start from the top. I can, it's, I, can I buy you lunch? Yeah. yeah. Weddings are the worst. Oh man. constant. All right. Well, that's fun. Um, we will be back Thursday for some more fun and interesting topics, which we will find out on Thursday. Big thanks to producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald is available on Twitter at Amateur Status. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.